Um, let me invite you to open in your copies of God's Word to the book of Joel. Now, you know where the book of Joel is. I mean, you've had your devotions in there for years. It's, in the, it's tucked in the back of the Old Testament. It's in the section called the Minor Prophets. It's, um, it's after Hosea, and Hosea is after Daniel. So if you can find Daniel, then you've, next is Hosea, and the next up is Joel, and the next up is Amos. So it's in there. I want to read you just two verses from the book of Joel in chapter 2. They're, very, they're, they're fairly famous. Uh, I bet you've heard this language before and perhaps didn't know where it was, but here it is. Surprise, surprise. It's right here in the book of Joel. Uh, and, and very frankly, some of us have been comforted by these words. Um, so listen as I read just two verses out of Joel chapter 2, beginning at verse 25, verses 25 and 26. And they, they read like this. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, <laughs> the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army, which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has, dwelt, who has dealt wondrously, wondrously with you. And my people shall never again be put to shame. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Guys, if you um, have made a whole lot of or some decisions in the past that have turned out to bite you, here's a promise for you. I will restore to you the days that the locusts have eaten. <laughs> what a great promise. Guys, I don't know whether you've uh, read the news reports of late. Um, there has been a, a plague of locusts uh, just recently, in uh, June. I, the report that I read was June the 10th, that has uh, struck the island of Sardinia, which is an island off the coast of Italy. You know, I think we are, are, uh, think that, that locust plagues are things of the past. Those are just some kind of urgent le uh, urban legend. They're not. Uh, there's been two recorded this year, one, the one in Sardinia and then another uh, in Egypt in February, a locust plague. There's been one uh, in Africa in 2013, and there's been another in the Mideast in 20, uh, 2004. And every time these uh, newsmen write about these locust plagues, they all use the same language. They always get this prepositional phrase in there somehow. They talk about the locust plagues of biblical proportion. A locust plague of biblical proportion. Now, when they use that language of, of locust plague of biblical proportion, they are referring to the book of Joel. The subject, or at least the main subject in the book of Joel, is a locust plague that had taken place in Israel a locust plague involving four different varieties of locusts. They're mentioned here in our text. Um, they're also mentioned in verse 4 of chapter 1. Uh, what the cutting locust left, the swarming locust is eaten. What the swarming locust left and the hopping locust is eaten. And what the hopping locust is left is the destroyed. What's the difference between a hopping locust and a destroying locust? I don't have the slightest idea. But there are four different brands or variety of locusts that had struck Israel. And, and it seemed to me 
that a locust plague is just a wonderful setting, an occasion, a, a backdrop for us to discuss the Lord's Supper. Doesn't that make sense to you? <laughs> uh, well, stay with me. We'll try to sort it all out. But I, I wonder if you've ever known what's in the book of Joel. Well, it's a locust plague, folks. Let me show you how it unfolds. First of all, as you can well imagine, the problem with a locust plague is, um, or the problem that's created by a locust plague, is that there's no food. He says that in verse 16, for the day of, of the Lord is, um, excuse me, is not the food cut off before our eyes? There's no food. In fact, uh, chapter 2, verse 13 talks about um, uh, the locusts have left a wilderness behind. Can't you do some see this plague of locusts sweeping down and then leaving a, a wilderness behind them? In chapter 1, verse 5, it says there's no more wine. That's serious. In verse 10 of chapter 1, it says no grain. It's gone. In verse 11, it says no wheat or barley. They're all gone. And then in verse 18 and 20 of chapter 1, the sheep and the cattle are gone because there's no pasture on which they might feed. But the worst of all, it, it appears, at least to Joel, is something that he says in verse 9 of chapter 1. He says, the grain offering and the drink offering are cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn. These ministers of the Lord, they mourn. Because the grain offering and the drink offering have been cut off. Folks, um, there is no grain offering because there's no grain. There's no drink offering that people would bring to the temple of the Lord because there's no wine. And so um, uh, he summarizes in verse 16, is not the food cut off before our eyes? Joy and gladness from the house of our God. It's gone. The joy and the gladness, the drink offering, the peace offering, the grain, they're all gone. Because there's no food. And the house of the Lord languishes because the food has been cut off. We're living in a wilderness and there's no joy. There's no gladness any longer associated with God's people in the temple. Then God in, in chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, called them to repent. There's a call to Israel to repent. Their, their sin has brought on this locust plague. Did you notice when I read it, this, this uh, plague of locusts is my army, says God. I sent them. Those locusts do what I tell them. So uh, God calls them to repent in, in chapter 2, 12 and 13. Return to me, return to me. And then in response to that, Joel calls for a fast in, um, in verse 16. Uh, verses, um, yes, verse 15 of chapter 2, Joel calls for a fast. And apparently, the people heed that call and fast in repentance. In response to that fast, we're told in chapter 2, verse 18, that God has pity on them. Then the Lord became jealous for his land and had pity on his people. And um, his pity is evidenced in the fact that the devastation that the plague has caused is reversed. It's in chapter 2, verses 23 and 24, 
Be glad, O children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given the early rain for your vindication. He has poured down for you abundant rain. The early and the latter rain is before the threshing floors shall be full of grain, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. I'm going to send the rain, and your storehouses are going to be full again is evidence of your vindication. Um, And then right after that comes our text where God makes this promise. All of that sin in the past, the sin that brought you to repentance, it's over. And I'm going to restore the days that the locusts have eaten. And then what is the evidence, what is the exhibition of his restoration of these repentant people? Here it is. They have plenty to eat. How do we know that God has restored us? Because the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. You see, guys, the, the, the fact that Israel now ate and drank was a sign that the Lord had once again forgiven her and restored her. Eating and drinking in the Lord's presence was an, was an act that declared that there was no longer any condemnation and that those gathered around those tables in Israel were restored. They were vindicated in his sight. And the evidence that they were was the eating of food that God had provided. The the, the food is the sign of his forgiveness. Now guys, One more little development in this book. In the context of the plague and the restoration, Joel issues a very famous prophetic utterance. It's in verse 18 of chapter 2. It reads like this. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men dream dreams and your young men shall see visions, etc., etc. You've heard that before. You've seen that before. I bet. You might have not read it out of Joel, but Peter picks up that prediction and uses it on the day of Pentecost. Remember when Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost and Uh, the first sermon ever preached in the fullness of the Spirit, just like Joel had promised, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all flesh. He does. Peter preaches, and 3,000 people are converted on that day. And then, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) these 3,000 new converts almost immediately are found where? And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, 
to the breaking of bread. Where are these new converts depicted? They're at a table. Feasting on all that God has provided for them. Guys, um, the Lord had come to dwell amidst his people in Pentecost on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And one of the first features of their newfound relationship with God is that they gathered around a table. Folks, everything that our famished souls need is symbolized by things that are on these tables. The broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ, that being symbolized on this table, that is what makes the famished soul full. And those who eat from this table in faith are the restored, the forgiven, the accepted. For us who eat in faith, the famine is over. Come celebrate with me. Let's pray together. Our Father, would you remind us in every small and big way that the very essence of what you have provided for your people is being symbolized in something we drink and something we eat. The, the, the broken body of Jesus Christ and his shed blood are being provided for us here at this table. Would you enable your people to eat now, to participate now, to enjoy now that which you provided for us in the midst of our famine? You provided this for us so that we might be restored. Meet us here, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.